0: Welcome to the Right Division Network podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today in our studies going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in Chapter number 4, and we've been looking at verse number 11, which says, And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. Now, last week we really kind of looked at some of the issues of the idea of doing and performance that individuals try to put is saying that individuals in this dispensation really should be trying to work to either obtain or maintain salvation instead of putting their trust specifically just in the gospel message for today, which is the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and how someone puts their trust in that and that alone Is what gives someone salvation today. That's the gospel that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. The gospel that Paul identifies and says, it is my gospel. This is the information given to him specifically for us during this dispensation. And how... That's the only thing that can save someone today. And as we're looking at these things from the practical standpoint of what Paul's dealing with here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, he's really dealing with this from the aspect of the individuals who've already put their trust in this and how, as he's writing this to them, that this would really be a thing of where... When he's think about that issue that they're studying to be quiet and then the issue of to do your own business, to work with your own hands, that it has to mean something other than an idea of the thing of that somebody is going to work to achieve salvation. And so we're going to pick up today with this issue of to do your own business and how Paul is speaking of this to these saints and what it is that he really means with them when he is saying these things and in order to really understand this we really going to really have to have an understanding of what the the idea of business really means because we have an idea of it from kind of how The word is being used today, but what we're going to do is we're going to read the actual definition that comes from Webster's 1828 Dictionary here. It starts off with, it says, Employment, that which occupies the time, attention, and labor of men for the purpose of profit or improvement. A word of extensive use and indefinite signification. Business is a particular occupation as agriculture, trade, mechanic, art, or profession. And when used of a particular employment, the word admits of the plural number, businesses. is. Business is also any temporary employment. And then there's going to be a number of definitions that come about under this. The first one says affairs concerns as a man leaves his business in an unsettled state. The second one, the subject of employment, that which engages the care and attention. You are so much the business of our souls. The third one, serious engagement, important occupation, in distinction from trivial affairs. It should be the main business of life to serve God and obey his commands. The fourth one, concern, right of action, or interposing. What business has a man with the disputes of others? Number five, appoint a matter of question, something to be examined or considered. Fitness to govern is a perplexed business. Number six, something to be done, employment of importance to one's interest, opposed to amusement as we have no business in town. They were far from the Zidonians and had no business with anyone. And the last one here, duty or employment that duty enjoins. A lawyer's business is to do justice to his clients. To do the business for a man is to kill, destroy, or ruin him. Now, as we go through these and look and see what it is that, you know, how this word is being used that really comes down to the fact of that the one that really matches the sense of what Paul is going for when he's saying this the Saints in Thessalonica is this third one and I'm gonna read that one specifically just again, which says serious engagement, important occupation in distinction from trivial affairs. It should be the main business of life to serve God and obey his commandments. So really what the apostle Paul is making a reference to here as he's think is that the issue of that the main focus of things and then he says that it he calls it our when he says to do your own business now when we really think about what the Apostle Paul is really thinking, he's saying it's our own, but we have a lot of information that's been given to us in the Word of God that shows that even though it's being said that this is our own, that we've had a pattern that's been laid out and we have instructions on what it is that we're supposed to be doing we've been given a choice of whether we're going to follow these things or not you know whether we're going to do the right thing and build the gold silver and precious stones or whether we're going to do the wrong thing and build the wood hay and stubble that'll be there at the judgment seat of Christ all that is dependent upon our Choice, And that's why it can be really said that this is our own, even though we see how Paul describes these things here. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. It's a starting point as we're looking at this idea of doing our own business. And we see how the Apostle Paul here, as he's writing to these saints in Corinth, is going to be describing some things about the laboring that is going on here. We're going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 from verse 5 down through verse number 9. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's... Building. Now, as we see the Apostle Paul giving these, this description here of this laboring that is going on, we see how the whole issue comes up. That, and we'll read verse 9 again, it says, For we are laborers together with God. So, as we're doing these things, to be following the doctrine that's been laid out, following all of these instructions on how it is that we're to be living our life, we see how Paul describes this and says that we are laborers together with God. So even though Paul says over in Thessalonians that It's the issue of us, you know, kind of being, you know, we're doing our own business. We see how Paul's saying here that we are laborers together with God. Because when we are doing the things that line up with what the scriptures say, we know that it's not us who is getting the glory It's God who is getting the glory from those things because we are allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to live through us the moment that we are doing those right things. We see how Paul identifies what his responsibility was. And let's go over to Ephesians chapter number three. And we see as Paul is writing to these saints in Ephesus that he's going to Write something as he's kind of describing himself. But then you see this responsibility that he identifies. Thing We're going to start here at verse number 8 of Ephesians chapter number 3. It says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see... What is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, and the intent that now unto the principalities and powers of heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, when we look at this, we see how Paul First speaks about himself and calls him less than the least of all saints, and he says that because he knows the things that he had done, the thing of where he had been persecuting the nation of Israel as they were following the things of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah. That he was, you know, as they were going out teaching that doctrine, he was you know, throwing them in jail. He was persecuting these individuals. You know, he see him describe himself that way in the book of Galatians in chapter number one, talking about how he was zealous above, you know, all of those ones that had come before him and that were his peers, that he was more zealous of these things. Now, he also identifies what his responsibility is here. And we see Verse 9 shows how the responsibility is towards the world, which is to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. And that ties in with the will of God that we see over in 1 Timothy chapter number 2, where it's God's will that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. So the issue of, you know, when we look at this issue of, you know, making all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Those who are not saved, the idea of preaching the gospel message to them, giving them that information found in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 to bring someone to salvation. Then once an individual has salvation, then the next part of that passage kicks in where it says, you know, individuals coming unto the knowledge of the truth that it's okay now that you understand is now i can teach you the other things so that way you can have the understanding of what the word of god actually says for you today you know then we see in verse number 10 the issue of how the angelic realm that's the Principalities and powers in heavenly places, how they're learning the manifold wisdom of God, and they're learning it says, might be known by the church. You know, the church being referred to here is the body of Christ. So, the principalities and powers in heavenly places are learning. The wisdom of God in this dispensation by looking at us and seeing what it is that we are doing with what the Word of God actually says. So they're learning those things through us. And the issue of verse 9 is part of what we are to be doing if we're to be functioning properly is making all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. And if we're doing those things, we're going about that business that we have just read about over in 1st Thessalonians. Let's turn over to the book of 1st Timothy. We'll go to 1st Timothy chapter number 1 and we're going to read here We'll read verses 15 and 16 of 1 Timothy chapter number 1, which says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all suffering." for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So we see this issue of where the Apostle Paul is identifying the fact that he was a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ to life everlasting That the pattern of what an individual is supposed to be doing comes from the Apostle Paul. That's why we see Paul describing 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1 when he says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So we're to be following the Apostle Paul. We have a pattern that has been laid out for us. And that pattern that's there... It has nothing to do with the aspect of the fact that, well, you know, Paul was saved in Acts chapter number 9 by seeing the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven's glory appearing unto him and speaking unto him. And so the only way that we are going to be saved today is that we're going to have to have a similar experience to what the Apostle Paul had. That is not the pattern of what the Apostle Paul is making a reference to. Paul is making a reference to the pattern that's been given to us by what we find starting in Romans chapter number 1, ending with the end of the book of Philemon. The 13 epistles that he wrote contains the doctrine that we need for our life to be that pattern to give us the information that we need so that way we can be able to go out and go about and do that business that the apostle paul is making a reference to and as we're going about and doing those things we see here as we're here in first timothy let's turn over to second timothy we'll see how As Paul's writing his last epistle, that you see him writing these things of the encouragement to Timothy as he sees the situation of what's going on and how all of these individuals are turning away from the truth that Paul has been preaching. We see here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's read here verse number two. It says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So the responsibility is to take this information and give it to faithful men who are going to be able to go out and continue preaching this message you know, and it's the responsibility one of making sure that the next generation is going to be able to go out and teach this but it's also the aspect of that you know there are certain individuals that you know I would never be able to be able to reach but if I'm teaching this to other people they can go out and they can reach those other individuals that I one may not have access to and two for whatever reason they may not listen to me but they might listen to somebody else who's teaching the truth of this message and that aspect of as we're doing this that we're able to raise these individuals up and That there's a unity that comes about with the individuals who hold this truth. And so often, when we really look at what is going on in this dispensation, we see how you know the warnings that were coming about in chapter number three of Second Timothy of what the body of Christ is going to look like, you know. As I look at different things that are going on, I see these things happening you know, over and over again in the individuals who are the members of the body of Christ that you know, there doesn't seem to be that natural affection for other individuals. There seems to be this, you know, false accusers that are going on. There seems to be this issue of, you know, you know, all these different things, you know, that, you know, when you read this and you just see that this is exactly what is going on and why Paul had to give the warning that he does. And as he closes this epistle, we turn over to chapter number four. We see how Paul starts as he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, what you see with that, and that's, you know, one of the things that we see, you know, you watch, you know, Christian television today. And you can see those individuals who've captured those that have itching ears because they're entertaining they're smooth talking; they have this appearance of being good and righteous. And then, when you actually listen to what they're saying, you realize they don't have the truth anywhere near what they're teaching. You know, they're t- telling a lot of you know good stories. You know, they're. Entertaining and they have some jokes, and somebody walks out and they feel good about themselves, but they haven't learned any doctrine. And so, when they're walking out and they had this thing to think about, you know, boy, that was a a really good message, and it was so, you know, and then they actually go, okay, well, what did you really learn from this? What was all this and they go I don't know what I learned but it sure was good sometimes I can't even identify what was even being talked about And, and that's the sad thing of what's going on and the business that we have is to be going out and giving this information and that's why you know Paul started this verse here with that aspect of that we are to be studying because we need to have the doctrine built up in us. So that way we can be able to go out and give this information to individuals. You know, you know, today, you know, when I'm recording this, is you know, December 25th, which is the, you know, the Christmas holiday. And individuals you know, are focused on the things of Christ. You have the new year coming up next week. And how individuals you know sometimes are focused on that aspect of, you know, maybe I need to get myself going back to church or get back into reading the Bible. The opportunities are there. We need to seize on those opportunities going about that business that God has for us. So we're gonna pick up with some of these things. Next week. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some audio files of previous messages. We have information about how to join our Sunday service and our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything you see on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.